Integrated Analysis of Multimodal Single Cell Data, an article by Johan Howe, Rahul Satija, and others, from New York University, New York, USA, Cell 2021. Summary The simultaneous measurement of multiple modalities represents an exciting frontier for single-cell genomics and necessitates computational methods that can define cellular states based on multimodal data. Here we introduced weighted nearest neighbor analysis, an unsupervised framework to learn the relative utility of each data type in each cell, enabling an integrative analysis of multiple modalities. We apply our procedure to a CITE-SEC dataset of 211,000 human peripheral blood mononuclear cells, PBMCs, with panels extending to 228 antibodies to construct a multimodal reference atlas of the circulating immune system. Multimodal analysis substantially improves our ability to resolve cell states, allowing us to identify and validate previously unreported lymphoid subpopulations. Moreover, we demonstrate how leverage this reference to rapidly map new datasets and to interpret immune responses to vaccination and coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. Our approach represents a broadly applicable strategy to analyze single-cell multimodal datasets and to look beyond the transcriptome towards an unified and multimodal definition of cellular identity. Introduction the potential of catalogue and characterize the rich diversity of cell types in the human immune system represents a powerful opportunity for single-cell genomics, yet also reveals the limitation of current approaches. Although established technologies like single-cell RNA sequences SCRNA-Sec are capable of discovering new cell types and states in heterogeneous tissues, transcriptomics alone is often incapable of separating molecularly similar but functionally distinct categories of immune cells. Despite tremendous functional diversity, distinct populations of T cells, such as effector regulatory, gamma delta, and mucosa associated invariant T, MAIT, often cannot be effectively separated by sCRNA sequencing alone, even when using the most sensitive and cutting-edge technologies. This reflects technical challenges driven by the minimal RNA content of these cells coupled with high RNA's expression, which hampers single-cell RNA sequencing data quality. More broadly, these exhibits the challenge of defining cell states based on the transcriptome alone, because important sources of cellular heterogeneity may not correlate strongly with transcriptomic features despite being identifiable in other modalities. Multimodal single-cell technologies, which simultaneously profile multiple data types in the same cell, represent a new frontier for the discovery and characterization of cell states. For example, we recently introduced CITE sequencing, which leverages oligonucleotide conjugated antibodies to simultaneously quantify RNA and surface protein abundance in single cells by the sequencing of antibody-derived tags ADTs. Moreover, pioneering technological advancements now enable the simultaneous profiling of transcriptome alongside either chromatin accessibility, DNA methylation, nucleosome occupancy or spatial location. Each of these approaches 
offers an exciting solution to overcome the inherent limitations of single-cell RNA sequencing and to explore how multiple cellular modalities affect cellular state and function. The maturation of multimodal single-cell technologies also necessitates the development of new computational methods to integrate information across different data types. For example, although CITE sequencing data sets can be analyzed by first identifying clusters based on gene expression values and subsequently exploring their immunophenotypes, a multimodal computational workflow will define cell states based on both modalities. Importantly, these strategies must be robust to potentially large differences in the data quantity and information content for each modality. In some contexts, robust protein quantifications may be most valuable for clustering, especially with large and well-designed antibody panel. In other contexts, particularly when important cell type markers are missing or not previously known. The unsupervised nature of a cell's transcriptome may be the most valuable. Dividing information content of each modality, even across cells in the same dataset, represents a pressing challenge for the analysis and integration of multimodal datasets. Here we introduce Weighted Nearest Neighbor WNN analysis an analytical framework to integrate multiple data types measured with a cell and to obtain a joint definition of cellular state. Our approach is based on unsupervised strategy to learn cell-specific modality weights which reflect the information content for each modality and determine its relative importance in downstream analysis. We demonstrate that Weighted nearest neighbor analysis substantially improves our ability to define cellular states in multiple biological contexts and data types. We leverage this method to generate a multimodal atlas based on a CITE sequence dataset of 211,000 human peripheral blood mononuclear cells (PBMCs) with large cell surface protein marker panels extending up to 228 antibodies. We utilize this dataset to identify and validate heterogeneous cell states in human lymphocytes and explore how the human immune system responds to vaccination and severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 infection. Our approach, implemented in an updated version 4 of our open-source R2 kit, CERAT, represents a broadly applicable strategy for integrative multimodal analysis of single-cell data. Results Quantifying the relative utility of each modality in each cell We sought to design a robust analytical workflow for the integration of multiple measurements collected within the same cell to be applied to a range of biological contexts and data types our strategy must successfully address the following criteria first the workflow must be robust to potentially vast differences in data quality between the modalities second Integrative multimodal analysis should enable multiple downstream analytical tasks, including visualization, clustering, and the identification of cellular trajectories. Last, and most importantly, simultaneous analysis of multiple modalities should improve on the ability to discover and characterize cell states, compared to independent analysis of each modality when performed separately. These challenges highlight the importance of a flexible framework to handle diverse datasets. As previously described for CITE sequencing,
the increased copy number of protein molecules compared to RNA molecules typically leads to more robust detection of protein features. The protein data in CITE sequencing may therefore represent the most informative modality, particularly in cases where the antibody panel comprehensively represents all cell subsets with high specificity. Other panels may omit antibodies for key or previously undiscovered markers or contain antibodies with low binding specificity, in which case the unsupervised nature of single-cell RNA sequencing may be most informative. Even within these same datasets, the relative utility of each modality to define cell states may vary across individual cells. We therefore designed an analytical solution to address these goals without requiring prior knowledge from the user regarding the importance of each modality. We first introduced and demonstrated our solution in our previously generated CITE sequencing dataset of 8,617 cold blood mononuclear cells with a panel of 10 immunophenotypic markers. Independent unsupervised analysis of the RNA and protein data revealed largely consistent cell classifications but did exhibit some differences. For example, CD8 plus and CD4 plus T cells were partially blended together when analyzing the transcriptome but separated clearly in the protein data. Contrastingly, Conventional dendritic cells CDCs, along with a rare repopulation of erythroid progenitors and spiked in murine 3T3 controls from distinct clusters when analyzing RNA but weren't mixed with other cell types based on surface protein abundance. With biological foresight, the cell type specific differences across modalities could be predicted by the composition of the CITE sequencing panel, which contained anti-CD4 and anti-CD8 antibodies, but lacked any immunophenotypic markers to discriminate CDCs. For each cell, we began by independently calculating sets of K equal 20 nearest neighbors for each modality. We found that CD8 plus T cells, the most similar RNA neighbors, often reflected a mix of CD8 plus and CD4 plus T cells. By contrast, protein neighbors were predominantly correctly identified as CD8 plus T cells. This reflects the particular utility of protein data when defining the state of these cells. Next, we independently averaged the molecular profiles of protein neighbors and RNA neighbors and compared the average to their original measured values. We found that for CD8 plus T cells, protein K and N based predictions were more accurate compared to RNA KNN based predictions, whereas the converse was true for CDC. We then leveraged the relative accuracy of these predictions to calculate RNA and protein modality weights, describing the relative information content for each individual cell. We provide a detailed mathematical description for each component of the WNN workflow in the STAR methods, highlighting three key steps. First, obtaining within modality and cross-modality predictions. Two, converting these predictions affinities based on a cell-specific bandwidth kernel. And three, calculating modality weight using a softmax transformation the RNA and protein modality weights are non-negative, unique to each cell, and some to one. Our final step integrates the modalities to create a WNN graph.
for each cell, we calculate a new set of k nearest cells based on a metric that reflects the weighted average of normalized RNA and protein similarities STAM methods. The weighted nearest neighborhood graph is a single representation of multimodal datasets, but should more accurately reflect the richness of both data types. For example, the weighted nearest neighbor graph contained only 20 CD8 plus CD4 plus edges. However, many common analytical tasks for single cell data, including T distributed stochastic neighbor embedding, uniform manifold approximation and projection, visualization, clustering, and trajectory interference, can accept and use a specified neighbor graph as input. We therefore used our weighted nearest neighbor graph to derive an integrated UMAP and clustering of our CITE sequencing dataset. In contrast to the separated analysis of either modality, our joint integration clearly separated CD4 plus and CD8 plus T cells, retained the identity of CDCs, and also uncovered additional sources of subtold heterogeneity within natural killer NK cells. We observed that cells classified as CD8 plus T cells were assigned higher protein modality weights, whereas TCs were assigned higher RNA modality weights, recapitulating our biological expectations despite the fact that the calculation of modality weights was unsupervised and unaware of cell type levels. Weighted nearest neighbors analysis is a robust and flexible approach for multimodal analysis. We next further explored the performance of our weighted nearest neighbor integration, assessed its robustness to fluctuations in data quality, and performed benchmarking against other recently developed methods. For these analyses, we used a more recently generated CITE sequencing dataset of human bone marrow representing 30,672 mononuclear cells with a panel of 25 antibodies. While the samples contained cells across the full spectrum of hematopoietic differentiation, the antibody panel was designed to separate groups of terminally differentiated cells. Consistent with our previous example, weighted nearest neighbor integration substantially increased our ability to resolve hemopathetic cell states. Once cell states were annotated through integrated multimodal clustering, we were able to discover differentially expressed DE genes and proteins in each group, further validating their biological identity and significance. However, although these cell types are defined by both RNA and protein markers, the statistical power on unsupervised analysis of either modality separately was insufficient to identify these populations, demonstrating the importance of joint analysis. Indeed, when examining the cell-specific modality weights, we found that these cell groups and in particular populations that were masked in single-cell RNA sequencing analysis all received higher protein modality weights. We found that unsupervised transcriptome-focused clustering was unable to separate these cell states, even if we performed a focused reclustering using only these cells. Conversely, each of the cell's populations with the highest RNA weights represented hematopoietic progenitor populations. As a result, our multimodal analysis was able to identify diverse populations of hematopoietic stem cells, lymphoid primed multipotent progenitors, LMPP, and progenitors of erythroid platelets, monocyte B, and conventional plasmacytoid DC lineages that could be recovered 
in single-cell RNA sec data, even though these groups lacked immunophenotypic markers in our CITE sequencing experiment. We confirmed that our results were robust to a range of values of K, and the incorporation of protein information in the weighted nearest neighbor graph does not come at the expense of identifying transcriptionically congruent neighborhoods. These results suggest that integrated weighted nearest neighbor analysis can provide necessary flexibility and allow one data type to compensate for weaknesses in another. We confirmed this using a simulation experiment. We added increasing amounts of random Gaussian noise to the ADT data in order to mimic increases in non-specific binding. We found that the increasing ADT noise led to a decrease in protein weights for all cell types in a dose-dependent manner. Moreover, protein modality weights were assigned to zero after a sufficient amount of protein noise was added, correctly extracting downstream analysis to focus on the single-cell RNA sequencing data. We next benchmarked weighted nearest neighbor analysis against two recently introduced methods for multimode integration, Multimax Factor Analysis V2 MOFA+, which uses a statistical framework based on a factor analysis and total six, which combines deep neural networks with a hierarchical Bayesian model. Both methods integrate the modalities into a latent space, which we use to construct an integrated K and N graph and a 2D UMAP visualization. We reasoned that we could quantify the performance of the different methods by comparing the similarity of each cell's molecular state to its closest neighbors in the integrated latent space. We found that for each of the 25 proteins, as well as the RNA transcriptome, weighted nearest neighbors analysis exhibited superior or equivalent performance to alternative approaches. The difference in performance was particularly striking for markers of regulatory CD25 and the factor CD57 T cells. This was consistent with UMAP visualization in which weighted nearest neighbors was the only method where these populations were not intermixed with other groups. Weighted nearest neighbors analysis also exhibited significant improvements in speed, ranging up to 15-fold when analyzing the full dataset. Although we primarily demonstrate our approach on CITE sequencing dataset, our strategy is applicable to diverse multimodal technologies. For example, recent developments have enabled the simultaneous measurement of ATAC sequencing profiles and transcriptomes from single nuclei. We applied weighted nearest neighbors analysis to a dataset of 11,351 paid PBMC profiles generated by the 10 times genomics multi-tome ATAC plus RNA kit. We found that the combination of modalities exhibited maximal power to separate immune subsets. Interestingly, similar to our CITE sequencing analysis, we found that ATAC sequencing data were more capable of separating naive CD8 and CD4 T cell states due to reliable detection of cell type specific open chromatin regions. The separation of these clusters upon UMAP visualization was consistent with the number of incorrect naive CD8 plus to CD4 plus edges identified in each representation. The combination of ATAC and RNA data also allowed us 
to identify differentially accessible DNA sequence motifs between our weighted nearest neighbors to find clusters. For example, we found the ATAC sequencing peaks accessible in MAIT cells were highly enriched for motifs for the pro-inflammatory transcription factor ROR gamma T, which was also upregulated transcriptionally in these cells. We obtained highly concordant results when applying weighted nearest neighbors analysis to ACAP sequencing, a third multimodal technology that pairs measurements of surface protein abundance with ATAC sequencing profiles in single cells. Last, we considered a recent dataset of 34,774 mouse skin cells generated by shared sequencing, which generates paired measurements of chromatin accessibility and gene expression. Weighted nearest neighbors analysis recapitulated each of the 23 populations described in the original manuscript where unsupervised clustering was performed on transcriptomic measurements, including three subgroups of basal cells that could be distinguished from single-cell RNA sequencing. However, in addition to the published findings, weighted nearest neighbors analysis identified a novel population of basal cells that exhibits distinct chromatin accessibility profiles but does not exhibit unique transcriptomic characteristics. As basal cells in the skin are continually replenished cells that exhibit a primed chromatin state presenting transcriptomic shifts may differ in their proliferative and regenerative potential. We found that the basal 4 population was specifically characterized by increased chromatin accessibility as CTCF and P53 motifs. Notably, basal cell carcinoma, the most common form of skin cancer, is often characterized by mutations in P53 and CTCF binding sites and results in uncontrolled basal cell division. Taking together, these findings demonstrate that the ability of weighted nearest neighbors to identify subpopulations that are masked by single-cell RNA sequencing alone and not limited to immune or CITE sequencing datasets. We conclude that weighted nearest neighbors analysis is capable of sensitively and robustly characterizing populations that cannot be identified by a single modality, exhibits best-in-class performance and can be flexibly applied to multiple data types for integrative and multimodal analysis. A multimodal atlas of the human PBMCs. Although flow cytometry and cytometry by time of light CITOF are widely used and powerful approaches for making high-dimensional measurements of protein expression in immune cells, CITE sequencing's use of distinct oligonucleotide barcode sequences provides a unique opportunity to profile very large panels of antibodies alongside serotranscriptomes. In addition, we have recently demonstrated that the signal-to-noise for each antibody can be optimized for any individual marker as a function of antibody concentration. And we have shown that CITE sequencing data quality does not deteriorate with great amounts of total antibody. We therefore curated and optimized a panel of total sequencing A reagents encompassing 228 antibodies compromising a diverse set of lineage and activation markers. We leveraged the CITE sequencing technology alongside our optimized antibody panel and integrative weighted nearest neighbors analysis strategy to generate a multimodal atlas of human PBMCs. We obtained PBMC samples from eight volunteers enrolled 
in an HIV vaccine trial with ages spanning from 20 to 49 years. For each subject, BBMCs were collected at three time points immediately before T0, three days and seven days following administration of a VSV vectored HIV vaccine. For each sample, we profiled cells using 10 times chromium 3 prime, representing a total of 161,764 cells. We also profiled a total of 49,147 cells, 54 antibodies, split across all samples using ECCITE sequencing, which also enables immune repertoire profiling with the 10 times 5 prime technology. After Novasec sequencing, stringent quality control of doubled filtration our final dataset consists of 210,911 total cells and allows us to provide cellular heterogeneity in both the resting, unvaccinated and activated post-vaccination immune system. We applied our anchor-based workflow to first integrate the samples together, enabling cells to cluster together based on their shared biological state as opposed to sample of origin. Although this causes unvaccinated and vaccinated samples to cluster together initially, it enables us to annotate cell states consistently in all shapes and to learn cell type specific responses in downstream analysis. We then performed joint analysis of both modalities using weighted nearest neighbors integration and as a comparative control visualized the dataset using the RNA and protein modalities independently. We identified 57 clusters in weighted nearest neighbors analysis, encapsulating all major and minor immune cell types and revealing shrinking cellular diversity, particularly within lymphoid lineages. With rare exceptions for infrequent cell types, each cluster included cells from all 24 samples. Our clusters could be readily grouped into larger categories including CD4 plus T cells, 12 clusters, CD8 plus T cells, 12 clusters, unconventional T cells, 7 clusters, NKs, 6 clusters, B cells, plasma cells, and plasma blast, 8 clusters, dendritic cells, and monocytes, eight clusters, and rare clusters of hemopoietic progenitors, platelets, erythrocytes, and circulating innate lymphoid cells, ILC. To assist in the interpretation of our clusters, we assign each cell three annotations with increasing granularity, level one, eight categories, level two, 30 categories, level three, 57 categories. Although we saw the greatest level of heterogeneity within T-cell subsets, our analysis clearly identified heterogeneous subsets of myeloid cells that were fully concordant with recent high-resolution single-cell RNA sequencing analysis of sorted populations, including extremely rare populations, 0.02%, of dendritic cells defined by the expression of AXL and single C6. We also identified substantial heterogeneity in the expression of inflammatory genes such as IL1B and CCL3 within monocyte populations, but because this heterogeneity varied across different volunteers, we conservatively did not further subdivide these states. We next identified differentially expressed RNA and immunophenotype markers for each cluster. We found that each cluster exhibited distinct molecular patterns and biomarkers for both modalities. Moreover, these identified biomarkers were invariant across human volunteers and vaccination time points. Despite the fact that clusters were reached 
for both RNA and protein markers, our ability to identify these groups was substantially reduced without weighted nearest neighbors analysis, as multiple clusters blended together when performing separate analysis of either RNA or protein data. We conclude that multimodal integration is essential for the unsupervised discovery and annotation of immune cell states. However, once these states are enumerated, supervised differential analysis are capable of sensitively describing markers that define the molecular states. Due to the robust detection of protein features in CITE sequencing combines with the size of our antibody panel, we reasoned that we could discover small panels of immunophenotypic markers to perform targeted enrichment through flow cytometry. We use stepwise variable selection coupled with logistic regression to identify the best antibody marker panels of different size, 1 to 10 markers, for each subset and calculate the level of enrichment in silico. We found that a single marker was capable of achieving effective enrichment of at least tenfold for 45 clusters, whereas a panel for, with three markers was sufficient to achieve tenfold enrichment for 55 clusters. We confirmed that this marker discovery procedure identifies effective panels for well-characterized populations. In other instances, our analysis identified CD43 as a marker with high enrichment power that has not been previously reported. For this a population, as well as a subgroup of highly cytotoxic CD8 plus T cells, we successfully validated our enrichment panels in an independent set of PBMCs from healthy donors by conventional flow cytometry followed by bulk RNA sequencing. In both cases, we examined the expression level of genes that we expected to be DE-based on our CITE sequencing data and we observed clear agreement between the sorted bulk profiles and CITE sequencing clusters. Notably, our flow cytometry experiments utilized the exact antibody clones represented in CITE sequencing experiment, which can help to ensure that two assays will return concordant results. We report each of these panels in table S2 to facilitate similar experiments for additional clusters in our dataset. We note that although these panels can achieve high levels of achievement, even optimally sorted groups may contain a minority of contaminating cells from other states. We show precision and recall metrics for each panel in figure S4, demonstrating that it remains challenging to solve truly homogeneous populations of high-resolution subsets using a small number of markers. Multimodal heterogeneity within lymphoid populations. Our integrated weighted nearest neighbors analysis reveals a rich diversity of these cell states and is not typically captured in single-cell RNA sequencing analysis, including CD4 plus regulatory T cells, MAIT cells, multiple subpopulations of gamma delta and double negative T cells, along with heterogeneous subpopulation of naive memory and effector states. Within CD8 plus memory T cells, we identify distinct subpopulations defined by bimodal and mutually exclusive expression of the integrin proteins CD49A and CD103. Although we identified these cells in peripheral blood, expression of these proteins has traditionally been strongly associated with tissue-resistant memory TRM cells, where integrins help mediate adhesion to epithelial cells or the extracellular matrix.
CD8+, CD103+, these cells expressed high surface protein levels of the heterodimeric co-binding partner integrin beta-7, while expression was absent in CD8+, CD49A+, groups. We validated the presence of the populations in independent healthy PBMC samples by performing flow cytometry for the same markers. In addition, we identified models of differentially expressed genes between these two groups, which were enriched for T-cell activation, differentiation, signaling response and chemotaxis models. For both populations did not express the canonical resident marker CD69, suggesting that they are not TRMs that have temporary detached and re-entered circulation. Instead, these subpopulations may represent cells that are preparing to become tissue resident and have already begun to acquire distinguishing molecular characteristics. In addition to characterizing heterogeneity in mRNA and protein expression, we leveraged our five prime dataset to explore the relationship between molecular state and TCR sequence. Overall clonal diversity was consistent across vaccination time points, consistent with an expected lack of lymphoid response to vaccination within seven days and 97% of clones consisted only of a single cell. However, we also observed the presence of expanded clonal populations. As a positive control, we observed populations with high restricted usage of TCR-alpha sequences. Both MAIT and invariant NKT cells exhibited closely related transcriptional profiles in semi-invariant repertoires across multiple volunteers. Excluding these populations, we identify 31 additional expanded clones consisting of at least 10 cells. In each case, cells within a clonal population exhibited extremely similar molecular profiles, representing subgroups of CD8+, these cells primarily within our previously identified CD8, TEMM4 and CD8, TEM5 clusters, as well as cytotoxics. Each clone typically represented cells from a single volunteer, but could be independently found across multiple time points, including before vaccination. Because our sample volunteers were generally middle-aged and otherwise healthy, we considered the possibility that overexpanded clones could be related to cytomegalovirus CMV infection. We assessed the cytomegalovirus status of each volunteer by stimulating PBMCs with a cytomegalovirus peptide pool and performing intracellular cytokine staining to determine responses in CD8 plus T cells, identifying five positive and three negative volunteers. We found that the five positive samples accounted for 91% of cells within expanded clones. We note that although weighted nearest neighbors, integration improves the ability to discover distinct cell subpopulations. It can also improve the characterization of cellular trajectories and continuous sources of heterogeneity. For example, within B cells, we identified a continuous trajectory connecting naive to memory cells defined by the canonical protein markers immunoglobulin D, EGD, and CD27, along with a model of correlated genes. Similarly, NK cells were subdivided into five clusters, representing variation across a continuous landscape. Our data show that the traditional division of NK cells into CD56 bright and CD56 team categories represents a broader continuum defined by CD16 expression alongside a model of genes 
the mood lead cytotoxicity and correlates both positively and negatively with this marker. We also observed a second gradient defined by CD38 expression that, to our knowledge, has not been previously described. Notably, KLRC2, which encodes the NK activating receptor NKG2C, was negatively associated with this continuum, while the signaling adapter FCER1G was positively associated. This expression pattern is consistent with the development of adaptive or memory-like NK cells observed in cytomegalovirus seropositive individuals. Notably, we observed consistent trends when restricting our analysis only to individuals with either positive or negative cytomegalovirus T-cell responses. We have also observed consistent results in an independent CITE sequencing dataset of human PBMCs. Our results indicate that this phenotype does not represent a strictly binary phenomenon and may not be specific to cytomegalovirus response. Finally, we observe minimal correlation between CD38 and CD16 expression, demonstrating that NK cells fall along a two-dimensional gradient defined by these markers. Taken together, these results demonstrate that our dataset represents a powerful resource to enumerate cell states in the immune system, identify optimal regions for cell type-specific enrichment, and to understand the molecular heterogeneity in clonally-related or antigen-specific cell groups. Because these results are consistent in both pre- and post-vaccination time points, they likely describe general characteristics of the healthy immune system. Characterizing the initial innate response to vaccination. We next explored our dataset to characterize the response to vaccination for each of our previously identified cell types. We were particularly interested to identify cell populations that contribute most strongly to the innate immune response which is expected to be highly activated at our first vaccinated time point, day 3, and subsequently dampened in our second time point, 7th day, as seen with another non-replicating viral vectored HIV vaccine. As expected, we observed robust responses in subset of myeloid subpopulations, but only minimal responses in lymphoid groups Response patterns were also largely consistent across samples, with the exception of one volunteer that exhibited a highly activated immune system in advance of vaccination and was removed from further analysis. We observed the strongest changes in both CD14 plus classical and CD16 plus non classical monocytes as both cell types upregulated and shared model of 62 genes highly reached for transcripts responsive to type 1 interferon. In addition, we identified SIGLEC1 CD169 as a protein response biomarker that was robustly induced only in day 3 samples. When we examined dendritic cell populations, we observed a similar robust response only within CD1C plus CDC2 cells. Contrastingly, closely related populations of CD141 plus CD1 as well as ASSDC and PDC exhibited minimal responses and we did not detect any DE genes before and after vaccination for these groups. This indicates that within these cell subgroups, CDCs2 may perform an important role in the downstream priming and activation of the adaptive immune system during this vaccine response. 
We did not observe significant changes during the time course in overall abundance of broad immune classes. Thus, we focused on identifying more suitable compositional challenges. For example, although the overall proportion of monocytes was consistent across time points, there was a strong shift in the ratio between classical and non-classical populations between day 0 and day 3. We validated this result as well as the observed return to baseline ratios at day 7, using flow cytometry on the same samples. We did not observe changes within lymphoid cells, with one exception, a small population of NK cells expressing proliferation and cell cycle genes, consistently increased upon vaccination. These findings were reproducible in independent analysis of the 3' and 5' single-cell RNA sequencing experiments and persisted in both day 3 and day 7 samples. This finding may reflect an early step in the development and maturation of NK cells, a key component of the NK cell-mediated innate immune response. Mapping query datasets to multimodal references. Single-cell transcriptomic profiling of the immune system has become routine, not only for healthy subjects, but also in multiple clinical contexts, including for patients hospitalized with COVID-19. These datasets are typically processed using a workflow that consists of unsupervised clustering which assumes minimal prior knowledge and is ideally suited for cell type discovery. However, having constructed a multimodal reference of the immune system, we sought to leverage this dataset to assist in the analysis and interpretation of additional single-cell experiments profiling human PBMCs, even if only the transcriptome was profiled first apply a procedure known as Supervised Principal Component Analysis, SPCA, through the transcriptome measurements in our reference dataset. Instead of seeking to identify a low-dimensional projection that maximizes total variance as a PCA, SPCA identifies a projection of the transcriptome dataset that maximally captures the structure defined in the weighted nearest neighbor's graph. Formally, given a gene expression matrix X and a weighted nearest neighbor's graph Y, SPCA identifies the transformation matrix U that maximizes the Hilbert-Schmidt independence criterion, measure between a linear kernel of U, Tx and Y. Informally, supervised principal component analysis allows the weighted transcriptome and protein measurements to help supervise the analysis of gene expression data and identify the optimal transcriptomic vectors gene models that defines the cell state in our multimodal reference. We compute this SPCA transformation on our reference where both mRNA and protein were measured simultaneously, but can subsequently rapidly project this transformation onto any single cell RNA sequencing query dataset. Combining this transformation with our previously described ANCO-based framework allows us to place each single-cell RNA sequencing query cell on the previously defined reference UMAP visualization and annotate its identity based on reference clusters. We found that this supervised mapping procedure dramatically improved our ability to analyze and interpret query single-cell RNA sequencing datasets compared to unsupervised analysis. 
We examined a recently generated dataset of human PBMCs prior to flu vaccination, which measured the transcriptomes of 53,099 cells alongside 82 surface proteins. We mapped this dataset onto our reference using only the transcriptome data and transferred our level 2 annotations, revealing the presence of multiple high-resolution lymphoid subsets. We verified the accuracy of our predictions using the query protein data, which was held on the reference mapping procedure, yet revealed expression patterns based on our predicted annotations that were fully concordant with our reference dataset. For example, cells that were annotated as regulatory T-cells expressed CD25 in CITE's sequencing data and we observed similar results for MAIT cells, memory and naive T-cells and circulating ILC. We benchmarked our method against searches, a recently developed method for mapping single-cell RNA sequencing queries to reference datasets and observed that our approach yielded substantial improvements in accuracy and performance. We next applied our mapping approach to a recent single-cell RNA sequencing study analyzing PBMC samples from seven patients hospitalized with COVID-19 alongside six healthy controls. The original publication performed unsupervised clustering on the full dataset and identified 60 cell clusters. In our supervised analysis, we transferred our level 2 annotations, successfully dividing T cells into the 12 groups. Notably, populations of developing and differentiated neutrophils which were identified by the original manuscript as being uniquely present in COVID-19 samples but were absent from our reference, could not be successfully mapped. We leveraged our supervised annotations to test for differences in cell type abundance across disease conditions. Our findings recapitulated the original unsupervised analysis for example, highlighting increases in plasma blast frequency during COVID-19 response. However, we also observed proportional shifts in cell states that were not detected in unsupervised clustering but were successfully annotated after reference mapping. In particular, we observed a depletion of MIIT cells in COVID-19 samples compared to healthy controls. We validate our findings we performed CYTOF on both the original samples and the validation code of 16 additional samples. We observed strong quantitative agreements R equal 0.911 in the fraction of MIAT cells predicted by single cell RNA sequencing and measured by CYTOF in the original code. Moreover, CYTOF analysis of the larger sample set identified a depletion of MAIT cells in COVID-19 samples. This change in abundance may reflect these cells exiting circulation to play protective roles in viral tissues during the antiviral immune response. Discussion. In order to leverage multiple data types to define cellular identity, we developed weighted nearest neighbors analysis, a computational method that learns the information content of each modality and generates an integrated representation of multimodal data by calculating cell-specific modality weights. Weighted nearest neighbors analysis solves an important technical challenge for the analysis of multimodal datasets 
and allows for flexible application across a range of modalities and data types. We demonstrated throughout this manuscript that performing downstream analysis on a weighted combination of data types improves our ability to characterize cellular diversity. We apply our approach to analyze a dataset of human PBMCs featuring paired transcriptomes and measurements of 228 surface proteins representing a multimodal atlas of the immune system. We leverage this resource to characterize extensive lymphoid heterogeneity that has not been previously observed by single-cell RNA sequence alone, including the heterogeneous expression of integrin proteins on circulating memory T-cells, a gradient of adaptive like responses in NK cells and tightly clustered clonal populations within a factor and cytotoxic groups. Our data also enables us to explore the response of innate immune system to vaccination, highlighting specific response biomarkers, as well as the heterogeneous response in conventional disease. Importantly, we demonstrate the CITE sequencing data can be easily mined to identify the best immunophenotypic marker panels for any subpopulation of interest. These marker panels can be used for flow cytometry with the same antibody clones in our CITE sequence panel, facilitating rapid enrichment and downstream analysis of these groups and broadening the value of our resource. In addition to constructing a multimodal reference, we demonstrate the ability to map single-cell RNA sequence data onto this dataset. We accomplished this via a supervised version of principal component analysis to identify the best transcriptomic models which delineate our weighted nearest neighbors defined cell types. Supervised mapping represents an attractive alternative to unsupervised analysis and we show how this workflow can improve cell type identification and robustly integrate samples from multiple donors and disease states. To assist this community in utilizing our resource, we have created a web application freely available at azimuth.hubmapconsortium.org which enables users to rapidly map their own datasets online automating the process of visualization and annotation. Using this approach, a dataset of 50,000 cells can be fully processed and mapped in less than 5 minutes. As the profiling of human PBMCs and a variety of disease states becomes increasingly routine, the ability to perform automated mapping of these datasets which facilitate the characterization of complex immune responses and the discovery of pathogenic populations. We know that our supervised mapping is not limited to single-cell RNA sequencing and can be extended to other modalities. For example, future extensions of this work could modify our supervised PCA procedure to identify optimal transformations of multiplexed protein measurements. This would enable the mapping of mass cytometry profiles to our multimodal reference, even in the absence of transcriptomic data. Last, we note that the modality weights learned in our procedure serve not only as a proxy for technical quality of a measurement type but may also reflect the biological importance of each modality in determining cellular identity. For example, our analysis of human bone marrow demonstrated that progenitor cells and differentiated cells exhibit divergent mortality weights. Its future technologies enable the simultaneous measurements of mortality spanning the central dogma including chromatin state.
DNA methylation, transcription, lineage, spatial location, and protein levels. Weighted nearest neighbors analysis may help to reveal how subpopulations of cells differentially utilize these modalities to regulate their current state and future potential. Our current implementation of weighted nearest neighbors analysis extends to handle three or more simultaneously measured modalities and these technologies major. Integrative multimodal analysis therefore provides a path forward to move beyond the partial and transcriptome focused view of a cell and towards a unified definition of cellular behavior, identity and function. Limitations of the study We know the following limitations with our study. First, weighted nearest neighbors requires a dimensional reduction to describe the neighborhood structure between cells. The requirement is not compatible with categorical or low-dimensional data. Second, weighted nearest neighbors assumes the modalities do not define conflicting sets of cell states. Although we have not observed this when using molecular data such as chromatin state, gene expression and surface protein abundance, this assumption may be problematic when integrating morphological, functional and molecular data. In addition, our circulating immune atlas was constructed from PBMCs and therefore contains few cells with non-nuclei, erythrocytes or multi-lobed nuclei, granulocytes. Thank you for listening. Any suggestions are appreciated.